0: Episode number 44 freaking zero um, for January the 9th, 2011. Um, uh, we are making another podcast. Um, we've decided to do this um, whenever big news strikes and there's, there's enough interest to, to, for something to discuss. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, there is plenty to discuss. Um, with me today is um, our regular Tom Haroda. Hello. And uh, volunteering our time to join us again, it's Tess Flynn.
1: Hello.
0: No, right here, everybody. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing to announce before we get started, I suppose.
2: Was there anything from, from, well, last week, it was two weeks ago, I think, but anything that, like in the comments, I didn't really read the comments. I just,
0: actually, I, you just completely caught me up because I didn't even think of last week's episode, or last month's episode. Where where is it, was. it,
2: where is it, I think it's on the the next, somewhere, there we go, yeah, there it is. I got it, let me Don't see. the comments,
0: that's just quite a lot for a,
2: for a podcast, yeah
0: yeah,
2: yeah the stuff oh, about well, we
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, I believe it was something about HTML5 that we used it as an umbrella term, well, we do so we know there's a lot more to it than just yeah. HTML5.
0: it's wrong, but it's unavoidable you yeah. know, you, the, the, the market is going that way, do not fight it it's, it's a sad and pathetic thing to do I think I said, you know trying to, to fight for, for he, naming HTML5 the right thing is like correcting everybody in use of GNU stroke Linux. And,
2: uh, yeah, but at the same time, you'd, whenever you you'd wanted to refer to all those technologies, it would take 10 minutes before yes. you were done. It's completely idiotic. Let's just call it HTML5. Get over it. Next. <laughs>
1: um, Don't say that to an IBMer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll get a huge log of ac- a line of acronyms that go out the door and into the next street.
2: <laughs> I think that was about it.
0: Yeah, let's... that's about it. Okay, let's move on. Um, the the big inescapable, unavoidable topic, um, uh, that we're all here to discuss is, um, Microsoft, stroke Windows, stroke Nvidia, stroke ARM.
2: Yeah, and not just Nvidia, but a couple of other. Uh... I believe, uh, Texas Instruments and Qualcomm, right? We're also, uh, yeah, NVIDIA, Qualcomm and Texas Instruments. Those will be, initially will be supported by um, a new release of Windows. Uh, well Basically, the next release of Windows, we don't know what it's going to be called, but let's just call it Windows 8, Eight. because that makes the most the most sense right now. Um, uh-huh. They're porting it to, well, I think they already ported it 10 years ago, but they're going to release a port of Windows NT for uh, the ARM architecture, and Initially, it will be supported by NVIDIA, Qualcomm, and Texas Instruments, but it's open to everybody else to join in who's making uh, ARM stuff, so you'll probably see, I don't know, what kind of companies make popular ARM chips, about a million, I think. <laughs> and uh, they can all get their stuff supported, and it will be um, in, in a nice, um, consistent package. I think it's really interesting, really um, fun as well, but the most important <laughs> bit is something that we don't yet know, uh, which is how they're going to handle the applications, um, which are obviously coded for, um, um, for um, the Intel architecture, for x86. Ah,
1: uh, be- but not necessarily.
2: You have to, well, if, if it's you, if .NET, then, you know.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. If you read a lot of the articles that came, uh, came that are the most hottest about the uh, ARM announcement is that they keep talking about Windows 8 having a, quote, new application uh <laughs> what packaging or infrastructure or something i forget what the exact words were but it was strongly indicated that it would be xaml and xaml leads you right to dot net yeah ju- it's so, called,
2: that's, i believe it's called jupiter it's, that's the code yeah name jupiter I is. yeah i was about to go i'm going to write about that tonight so i saw it last night before i went to bed there's a couple of rumors about that indeed you're right
1: and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, because have moving all of the software over to an existing architecture that they already have, that many new applications have already used, I think Office actually is written, at least partially, in XAML and .NET.
2: Yeah, it was ported to, they also, they also besides Windows and Tay on ARM, they also showed, um, uh, office running on ARM, which is pretty interesting. So I I I don't know yet how you would use the regular I office. I quite. ARM.
0: Um, sorry, I I haven't seen a. I can't seem to find a screenshot or picture or, or something of that. Because this is what I was I was was wondering about. In fact, I was discussing this with Tess before the show. Was. Um, my opinion is, and I am hope I can be corrected on this with some sh- screenshots or something, is that when we're talking about Windows and Office on ARM, we're talking about Windows and Office on ARM by brand only, in that Microsoft's, Microsoft Windows and, and Office are Microsoft's inescapably big brands, which is the only thing they have to go on. In fact, it's their biggest, you know, it's it's their revenue at the moment. Well, so, I,
2: don't, I, I don't have a screenshot, but what, what was shown, at least yes. that's what I understand from... Um, um, from the words but also from the people that saw it was we're talking about Windows proper, as in Windows NT with Windows. everything that comes with it, including Office and everything that comes with yeah,
0: it. Yeah, but the, the user interface, I think, would be just as it would be on like Windows 7. Yeah, because it, it looks
2: exactly the same. The only difference, which is really interesting, the only difference which only uh, applies to nerds like me who are really into all the consistency stuff, is that um, on the, the the one screenshot that they showed of, of mm. the photo, basically, of um, um, Windows NT running on ARM was that... the um, um, the title in the title bar.
0: Oh, right. Now, It was, shifted, yes,
2: was centered, centered, which is bringing it in line with how it's been in Office 2007 and Office 2010. So that's the only difference that I could visually see.
0: Oh, well, that's a uh, big disappointment. I was hoping that, that Microsoft would <coughs> use this opportunity to... Um, so, well, move away from Windows of old in the yes, same way. Yes, they that, are doing
2: that. They uh, are doing
0: that. Well, they, oh, yeah. it's just,
1: just because it's a prototype. Doesn't mean that's what the pro- yeah, final product true, is going to look just, like. I
0: suppose They've just ported it directly, and that the actual innovation will come uh, come later. Um, because so the rumors
2: are that, um, um, which is also part of the whole Jupyter thing that we just talked about, is that there's a tile-based interface, a la uh, Windows Phone Seven. Yeah. That's being readied as well as part of Windows eight. And you won't see that interface running on a normal PC, although obviously some somebody, you know, will get it running, don't worry. But it will be part of Windows eight, basically an interface for tablets. And you know, yep. with all the modularization that that they've been doing in Windows NT, I think it's, you know, entirely you know acceptable for it to run on a on a tablet, no problem. They're doing the
0: right thing. They're basically doing exactly what Apple have done with the iPad. They've taken part of Mac OS X and they've made iOS. And this is what I'm hoping that Microsoft are doing with this, is that, that Windows on PC and Windows on uh, tablet is to be compared in the same way that Mac OS yes. on is on, 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 on uh, desktop computers and on tablets and the same with the software that Office on PC on, on uh, well I work on on Mac is to what I work is on on a tablet just yeah, in also, name only.
2: And I also read that um, the, the the basically the engine, oh, sorry, the engine of Microsoft Office um, which is has been separated from the actual interface and that they can run the engine uh, with a different interface. They've been
0: doing that for a while because the engine is is, is um, very old. The engine is 25 years old in places and it's mostly a co- combination of C and C++ and an entirely separate team works on that and yeah. the interface team are, are, are mostly separate. But if they've actually, in, in the plumbing, completely separated, yes, that would be somewhat slightly new. I, th-
2: I think that they've done that. They're
0: going ha- yeah, to have yeah,
2: to You already see that in the fact that there's you know, the normal Native version, the big boy version, and of course the version that runs online, right? Which is where they've done already done that. Where oh no, that's they'd...
0: not necessarily the same thing. But that's uh, what I—that's no. what
2: I—that's what I read, basically. No, not, no. I I, I don't know where, but
0: <laughs> no, no. I'm off, um, Microsoft Word has, has a um, a layout engine, um, a very tightly written, self-contained layout engine written in C and C plus um, plus. The, you're, you're talking about file format compatibility and so forth, which is something different, and that the the user interface on the web is is completely new code. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, we we sidetracked there. Where were we? Um, what were
2: we? Oh yeah, we t- t- talked we about applications, well, weren't we? Or in- well, yeah, like, well,
0: and, and the, the whole issue of compatibility. What is the benefit of Microsoft um putting Office on ARM um, when it already works on x86, and how is this going to change like business? enterprise buying habits. Uh, what enterprise. This
1: I think that it's more of a defensive move that they're trying to move to a new processor architecture that could better support system on a chip and lower power form factors and break out of the traditional desktop laptop form factor because they're concerned that other platforms like ILS and Android are going to finally come up with an office solution that will be more preferred because just the device is more portable and you're already seeing this with a lot of CEOs and a lot of other technophiles in offices, at least in the U.S., using iOS devices and preferring them like such the iPad uh, instead of having a whole desktop. So I think this is an offensive maneuver by Microsoft to prevent people from just leaving win- the Windows ecosystem on mass, uh, at yeah. least from the the user perspective.
0: Well, we have to, you know, there's no no denying that that Windows Windows Seven on x86 tablets is, has completely and utterly failed. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, well, yeah. That was obvious. cludge, cludge. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
0: Yeah, this is what's what's so fascinating is this this manic 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 um jump on tablets and that that amazingly I'm Microsoft and Intel being complete bit players in in this.
2: I'm still not convinced, by the way, about this whole tablet thing.
0: No, of course it's not. only no.
2: been a couple of months. I mean, I, I'm still not entirely sure because in the end, when you really need to get work done, you're gonna need a keyboard. End of story. I mean, this. You know, you can.
1: Have you, you seen the new Samsung Slide, Dad?
2: Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that kind of puts my point to rest, though, from the last podcast that it's not the t- it's not the tablet, it's not the form factor, it's not the operating system, it's not anything inherent to it, other than the fact that it doesn't have a keyboard built into it, and you can get that. <laughs> yeah,
2: and that's a good thing. But in the end, I mean, that's more like a that's more like a combination between a laptop and a tablet. So it basically makes both our points, right? I mean it makes the point you're going to need a keyboard to do real work, uh, uh, except for, you know, some some really weird people who like to do who like to punish themselves. But in the end, <laughs> you got, you're going to need a keyboard to get work done. But at the same time, a tablet also has its advantages of sitting on the couch and just, you know, using motors and all that stuff. And, you know, combining that is basically making both our points, I think. I I, I'm,
0: I'm actually in disagreement. And um, I'll tell you why, because... We do hear this all the time. Whenever tablets come up, is, is oh, you can't do real work on a tablet or, or you know only these mobile um, platforms. And and I think I, I'm in agreement in a certain sense. But what I disagree with the fact is that the, that this concept that computing can't and won't change, computing changed. In like between the 80s and the 90s, you can go out and you can get a an, an, an 1980s computer right now and you can use it, and it's every bit as fast and it's every bit as productive as it was the day it was built, but the world around us has changed, and that computer can no longer interoperate with everything around it, and it can't use the internet and all these other services around it. But that machine yes. has become unproductive because of what's around it, not because of what it is. Yeah, and but it still has a keyboard. Right, yes, 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 but... <laughs> My point is that computing completely changed from the 80s to the 90s, such to the point that 1980s computers cannot be used productively anymore now, even though they're every bit as capable as they was. That will happen again in 10 years' time. My, you know, my laptop, the equipment I've got here right now, is perfectly adequate, and this hardware will still be around in ten years. But I won't be able to be productive on it because the world around me will have changed.
2: Yeah, true, but that's, that has more to do with um, um, things like the standards it does or does exactly. not Exactly, it's
0: being, being driven by these tablets. That that, that the tablets are going to come along, and it's given us the opportunity to have a clean sweep with operating systems and with software. Yeah, it's, the, a, but
2: it's, but it's a new category. It's not a replacement. That's basically my point. What the, the laptops that we use today effectively replaced the laptops that well, we didn't use. The computers that we use today are used instead of the stuff that you used in the 80s. But tablets are more like an additional thing, not a replacement. Oh.
1: I Basically. don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's first one than the other, because yeah. if you think if you think about the office situation, there there'll be someone saying, "Hey Bob, I've got this new, uh, new computer, this new computer, and I can keep all my stuff on it and do all, all all this processing." And you know, Steve over there says, "Well, I've got my file system, I've got my inbox, I'm good with that." Well, I, you don't need that sort. Of, you can't do real work on that. It's the same argument. It's the same argument you're making than that than that guy did years and years ago. Yeah, things it's move on. It's going to be first one an ancillary piece of equipment, and then it will become a replacement. Yeah, Evol- it, will- it grows into replacement.
0: Yeah, the, the after tablets will come the replacement to the desktop. The tablet, the, the tablet, and the new software and the new operating system and the multi-touch will lead to the replacement of the desktop computer. Or
2: maybe after. Well, the desktop has already pretty much been replaced, at least in the home, with laptops, basically. But it's still. Well, lap- we're
1: using this as an umbrella term again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Just to, just to just
2: to you know make make sure that that's the case. But I just maybe I'm just a little bit too much of a. Um, You're um, obstinate. <laughs> No, no, I thought, bit, yeah, well, that, also, yeah, obviousness. I mean, good, that, that's pretty obvious for everyone who knows no, me. No, I but. Th-
0: think one of the reasons why me and you don't like like all this hype around tablets is because it's offensive that, um, uh, that it's it's basically a bandwagon. You get f- offended by the fact that all these companies jump on this bag- bandwagon and don't seem to be seeing things in a proper you know light. The only reason that CES is is filled with like so many damn tablets is because of the iPad. Yep. If the iPad hadn't come out, would these companies be doing this? Why do they have such a short-sighted notion to only follow in the footsteps of someone like? Apple, which is is very annoying,
2: and I think, and I believe that even there's only like one company that really, in any way, came close comes close to the iPad. I, I didn't like the iPad at all, but uh, and I don't think I will like any other tablet for the foreseeable future. But yeah, from what I read in reviews, that the only device that makes it you know like anyway close to anywhere close to the iPad is the Galaxy Tab, and even there, the opinions are very conflicted. So. It's 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 basically it's like the iPad and then nothing for ten kilometers long and then every every everything else. That's kind of
1: just wait, the... just
2: wait. <laughs> yeah, of course, just wait. Of course, it, it, it'll get better. But right now, it's it's all the iPad and everybody else is following and they're following at a very. Um, um, they're following very far behind at this point, Yes. would
0: well, Getting back on topic, um, I was mentioning before the show that um, the reason that Microsoft won netbooks back was because of Intel. In fact, the only reason that Microsoft won um, netbooks back is because of, of, of Intel, because Microsoft plus Intel equals OEMs and that the um, uh, that the, they got windows xp and then windows 7 to claw that back and that microsoft are nowhere to be seen in this this instance with um with with tablets and that you've got um uh, everybody going with arm chips and everybody going with with android and, and shockingly you suddenly microsoft find themselves in the position of being a bit part player in the market which is why they've got to react with windows 8 and and and, and thing on 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 office on arm where does this put Intel? I think is um,
2: in. Uh, in Dutch, you would say in the hook where the clapper fall Basically, they're in the position where they're going to get beaten, uh, beaten, beaten up. Basically, I mean they have to um, really
1: start working. Um, well, if I res- if I remember how Intel is internally structured, there are actually two major divisions: the ones that design the chips and the ones that build it. My guess is the ones that are building it are going, yeah, so what? Because mm. All they really need to do is, well, let's just license ARM from Freescale and be done with it. And then they just start making their own chips.
0: Too much pride.
1: Too much well, pride yes, that's, but that's mostly going to come from the designers, I think. I could well, be wrong about that. So I don't far, know what the internal culture is of Intel, <clears throat> but that's kind of my guess. From direction. a pragmatic business perspective... Yeah. The manufacturing facilities of Intel are st- still have val- validity, even if x86 were to become completely irrelevant tomorrow, they would just have to switch their, uh, their build procedures to build a different architecture, whereas the designers are going to have to figure out how to implement the ARM design, and they're going to become a little bit more obsolescent.
0: Uh, Intel's current direction, I believe, um, is is basically to pile more stuff onto the silicon. Um, the, the the new released versions of i5s and i7s uh, for this year have um, the Intel HD graphics built into the chip, and they're just announcing that the next set will also have DirectX eleven built directly into them as well. They're just trying to pile more into the silicon. I think. Well, it's it's obvious that everywhere is going towards a system on a chip, and the, the, the Intel are naturally going this direction as well. But kinds of. Well, it's, a, not, it's
1: the the best way to do it, really, in terms of making power requirements and integration and making sure that all the hardware actually works with each other. It's a lot lighter of a model just to have a chip that has the majority of the hardware on it. You can make a very small motherboard and reduce the power requirements because you don't have to have as complicated circuitry to handle all the different I.O. I mean, I can imagine how that was because I remember building one of those things from chips back in high school.
0: (laughs) I Intel are so far behind in the power of it. all they've got is power they've got the, the, the faster, the more powerful chips, yes, but their actual um, power to watt ratio is is inescapable given the complexities and the, the sheer amount of history of x86 compatibility on software. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. The, base, the fundamental architecture of x86 was not built with power consumption in mind, unlike ARM, which has had a strong emphasis on that. I think it would be interesting if Intel were to set their pride aside and actually try to make the fastest ARM chip in the world. That would be really quite impressive, actually. That would make sure that they remain a, uh, an important market player.
0: Um, oh, speaking of ARM um, and power, um, one thing I did want to mention uh, in passing was uh, the announcement from Freescale. Freescale announces new low-power multi-core processors. Uh, Freescale have an i.MX uh, six series platform, which are based around uh, Cortex A nine cores, which are the um, the latest ARM uh, multi-core technology, and they're making chips in single, dual, and quad-core. Uh, uh, ARM processors. Now, what's interesting about this was that buried down in the bottom of the announcement was uh, that the chip also includes support for the VP8 codec. So it means that uh, hardware support for WebM is coming and will be in um, the sort of next generation of laptops, uh, of, of tablets and well, uh, laptops if we ever see an, an ARM laptop for once.
2: Well, now that Windows there, that could possibly happen. Yeah. With, uh, but again, it would all depend on how they're going to handle the application situation. That you know, on tablets they can get away with, of course, creating a new ecosystem with new applications, yeah. and uh, that's perfectly fine. But what I got from the announcement by both um, Microsoft as well as uh, Nvidia is that they're not just working towards tablets or even phones. They're also working on. I mean, Nvidia even mentioned like high-performance computing and laptops, desktops, and you know, all that stuff, and servers even. So I mean. There has to be some on servers. Not that much of a problem, I think, because uh, on servers you either run um, um, open source software, which is probably already available on ARM, or you, you're a, you know a Microsoft only shop and you have a whole boatload of Microsoft software, which Microsoft can port by itself to um, 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 to ARM. But on the on, on desktops and laptops, it's a bit of a different situation. I mean, there you go, you're gonna have to have some sort of way of getting old stuff old, between quotation marks, old stuff to run on your new uh, ARM laptop or, 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 or Windows ARM laptop or Windows ARM desktop. There has to be some way to run your old stuff yep. because, you know, you, you can expect that massive ecosystem to switch to ARM in a couple of weeks or even in a year. It's <laughs> so
1: this is not my... Well, it's it's still not even that simple in the server space either because if you go to enterprise software, not everyone is just a Microsoft Now true. Yeah. Open, no, but you have a lot uh, of Java. Well, it's, it's not, not just net, that it's either. True. There's a lot of other pieces of software, database managers, middleware, that's going to be running on compiled code for x86, and all of that's going to have to be rewritten. Yeah. So this yeah, is actually a concern within the enterprise space as well. You can't yeah. discount that.
2: No, I know, but I, I mean, the, the problem is smaller than it is on... The desktop side of things, I yeah, would say. This
0: is not like uh, more uh, your uh, area than mine. T- I mean,
2: t- tell that
1: to an enterprise architect. Of course, <laughs> that's <true. laughs>
0: We'll Have headaches for five years. <laughs> um, one suggestion of solution is like what Apple did with Rosetta, and I wanted to say that this is not like Apple's transition from PowerPC to Intel because they had the benefit that they, was, they were they were changing from an older chip to a newer, more powerful chip that had the overhead to emulate uh, the old, you know, the old chip whereas this right. isn't going to be the case they're not switching, you know, switching yep. to ARM is going to be something that's going to be less powerful than the Intel chip that it's replacing and um, there wouldn't be enough in there to, to emulate it unless the chip has something on die to do it, that's what's what we're in the dark at the moment is, 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 is this going to be is it going to be any compatibility? Is it going to be x eighty six board onto the chip, or is it going to be done through software? Or is Microsoft really doing a clean slate here? In which case, I have to ask the question: What is the selling? What is the big sell to companies? Why having why say you can buy this Intel or you can buy this ARM, which isn't as compatible and it can't run this software, and you need to recompile this? What is the benefit? What's the well, magical? There sale? is there it, is uh, ROI. Uh,
1: its Normal. ROI is return on investment because it's not the amount of money that you're going to spend on the particular hardware it's going to be how much the upkeep is over time and if the new software development is going to be focusing on an arm architecture and the power requirements are going to be a lot less which is a major concern for data centers especially as energy prices increase this is actually going to be a positive for the arm architecture versus an x86 architecture
0: on the consumer end, I can see it because… Uh, even, in the,
1: even in the enterprise, in the enterprise end. I would say. Especially in the enterprise really? okay. e- section
0: because power is a
1: huge, huge concern. That's why so many companies are considering moving to cloud computing because they can more or less outsource their idle time. They don't need to spend money powering a system for idle time because they don't need to pay the service provider for that because they're time sharing with everyone else. And it's, that, it's just another evolution of that concept that's already in cloud
2: computing. There's another um, thing that Microsoft could do. Um, there's been a lot of uh, talk almost pretty much confirmed that Windows 8 will have uh, a software store or an app store or whatever you want to call it. About um, time. Yeah, and it's kind of, hmm, what, what did you say? Sorry, about hear. time. About time. About yeah, exactly. time. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I mean, that, I'd be but, happy
1: with a package manager for the love <laughs> of Yeah, <it, whatever. laughs> no, exactly.
2: But that's going. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what what what, what you know the, the the like the people who are really uh, following Microsoft and who have contacts in the company and everything are saying is that Microsoft's actually working on. Uh, we just call it the whole Jupiter thing with a, a new uh, app development model, whatever it's called. I don't know all the terms, but. And part of it is that it's it's more geared towards like .NET and 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 Silverlight and stuff like that. But it also it will also have a new package format. Uh, I mean, if that's if Microsoft has that software store up and running on every Windows 8 machine and they require applica- application entries to be in that new um, um, format, then developers won't have that. Much. They'll have a lot of inclination to follow it because that software store will be available on every Windows 8 machine in the world and within. Six months, there will be more Windows eight machines than there will be um, um, other. What's going on here? Other machines. So, uh, well,
1: the implication of that entire process is that what's going to happen with the version of the operating system Microsoft produces after Windows eight? I thought. I thought Balmer actually had pointed out that. Windows 8 was the end of the Windows line in terms of the NT series kernel and that they were going to move to a new kernel architecture, which means that by implication, Windows 8 should be a transitional operating system that's going to have the foundation of the next kind of stuff in it that it would will,
0: to be, no yeah, it has to be
1: in order in order to make consumers and enterprises familiar with it so that we can move to how it. How would they sell Windows? Whatever plus the next 1. version is if it's even called Windows. Mm. It probably will be. Hmm.
2: <laughs> I just received spam on Skype. <laughs> what the hell is this?
0: They're branching <laughs> out into new markets.
2: No, find new friends and real sex partners online right now. Search millions of member profiles and find your perfect match. Create your profile absolutely free and then a URL.
0: Call them. We'll put them on the, on the podcast.
2: What the <laughs> hell? Now let
0: The internet. Oh, oh. Name's Carly. Oh, both of you oh, have, no, have no
1: idea how how much that happens on Skype because both of you have your gender markers on your profiles labeled as male If you have it labeled as female you'll get propositions and random conversations (laughs) from people in iran all the freaking time and you have to lock down your account to make sure you don't get these random people trying to uh, trying to you know get to know americans (laughs) (laughs) because of the the misconceptions about us (laughs) Yes, yes. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. All will yeah. the listeners imagine what that is.
2: <laughs> oh, crap. That is really odd. Okay, what were we talking about? We were talking about Windows, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we were talking about uh, what comes after Windows 8 and what the implication of moving to ARM and Jupyter would actually imply, as well as a, a possible App Store.
2: Yeah. And they could use uh, what we're talking about. They could use the App Store as a way to get developers to move to the new, um, a new development environment thing, and then use that as a as a, as a way to coerce developers into uh, uh, modernizing their software, basically, until they finally get that break going, where they're going to leave all the old stuff yeah. behind and move to the new. I
0: think a lot of this is actually to do with hardware. Microsoft want to change, want new hardware, and they're seeing that this is. Going in any number of possible directions. You've got tablets. You've got set-top boxes. Um, you've got uh, like media extenders. It, it, it's going everywhere. And they, also, they don't have, sorry, Karen.
2: Yeah, something I wanted to mention is that this is not. I see a lot of people who seem to think that um, this switch to ARM is some sort of panic move that they developed two weeks ago. That, that's not the case. They've been starting to clean up the entire NT code base, NT code base starting with. Uh, Longhorn back in, I believe it started in 2002 or 2003. That's when they started to untangle what, I mean, I believe um, Mark Persinovich called Windows NT and uh, all the subsystems a big ball of spaghetti. And they started to, uh, they started untangling that mess um, about eight, seven or eight years ago. So this is not, this is all just part of it, you know, to get NT back to a nice, modularized, componentized system that would be easier to port to new architectures. that would be more ready for uh, possible hardware changes. So this is not something that just been done two, two weeks ago. It's not something they didn't port Windows to ARM over the past six months. I wouldn't be surprised if they had it running for years already. But um, well, the and,
0: kernel, yes, but the user space has yeah, always you, been yeah, the fault in their side.
2: Yeah, but that's that's all yeah. part of it. The, they started at the bottom to c- clean everything up, mm. and it, like untangling the kernel, having no outward calls at a certain point, and you know, and, and they started moving up the stack. That's basically how um, and, and all those Windows kernel specialists who did a couple of presentations as well. That's how they described it. Like we started at the bottom, and then we started moving upwards, and untangling all the mess. So it, it's they probably had the kernel running on, on ARM a long, a long time ago, and then you know started adding all the layers as soon as they were Untangled from the mess basically, and I think it's now it's pretty much well It's not probably not done because it's probably an alpha phase and maybe maybe beta. I don't know and then uh, you know, and then they are not just ready for a switch to ARM but they could be ready for, for future changes. But the last problem of course are all the applications we've, we've been talking about for a while now. That's of course the last step and that's the step that Microsoft can't really control. They can only push developers, try to push developers into a uh, third-party developers into a certain direction. They can't command them to do something. So now they have to find ways to um, and push developers to write stuff, or to change their code or to write stuff that isn't tied to x86. So. But the operating system system is ready for it. I'm I'm sure of it.
1: They don't really need to push them that hard, is the other thing. They've been trying to move people to .NET for years and years and years, and they've largely succeeded at that in terms of any new code that's not going to be some hardcore server code in C or C++. Most of the user applications will probably be written in .NET, and .NET is a lot more portable as an operating has a environment for programmers than uh, Win32. You have to remember that there's a difference between Win32 and .NET programs. The Windows application arca- landscape is actually more varied than uh, what we're presenting here.
2: I have to interrupt because there's a really weird noise in my headphones. As if somebody's blowing continuously into his yeah, microphone. Yeah,
0: the cool quality has suddenly just gone to to, to, to crap. Yeah. Um, can I? I'm just gonna stop, hang up, and recall. Yeah, that's okay. For some reason, the call quality just suddenly just went yeah. to complete crap. I think um, the bandwidth was knocked down; it wouldn't come back up again. Yeah, probably my fault. John.
2: <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs>
0: we're back. Right, um, we could use that as an opportunity to move on. Perhaps we've done about forty minutes. I think. Yep. Uh, already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Time flies. Okay, so what? It flies when you're arguing on the News podcast.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it actually does. By the way, for those that uh, are just listening, the time really does fly. It's really weird. It's crazy. But what what are we going to talk about now? I'm open to anything.
0: Uh, Anything big enough. I was suggesting the PS3 um, uh, complete fail. If you wanted to discuss that,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I would have to add. I'm just happy to describe the actual
0: story as it's happened. Um, The Annual Chaos, uh, uh, what's it called? Chaos Communication Central, um, uh yeah. blah, CCC Convention, um, has been run, runs each year. It's called 27 C Three it's the Twenty Seventh one, and each year they have a panel on uh, console hacking, and uh, a group called Fail Overflow, um, released their uh, PS Three code, uh, uh, that that year. And uh, basically, they've 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 broken open the, the PS3. They've they've m- managed to hack it so that they've got access to the uh, master signing keys, uh, AES keys, so that they can sign software as and and it look to the PS3 as if it's from Sony themselves. And therefore, you can store any firmware you want over any firmware you want. There's no having to try and downgrade before you can then do anything custom. It is a complete and absolute. You know, uh, this, the system has been broken wide open. Yeah. Need- Sorry. Go on. Yeah, go oh, on. And I was going to say, and the reason that they've managed to do this is because Sony made an absolutely incredible boneheaded mistake of not making the keys uh, random enough. Um, you're supposed to, eat every time uh, you, you, you sign something, introduce a completely random factor into the signing process, and <clears throat> they didn't. They used the same one over and over again, and because of this, uh, using some simple algebra, they solved for X, and, uh, and, and, Algebra and, is
2: never simple.
0: <laughs> well, I see simple, simple in inverted commas. This is AES. Okay, are Talking about which is just, you know RSA encryption, which is mind-boggling at the best. Uh, but basically, because uh, uh, Apple, Microsoft, Apple, so we we'll get there eventually. Sony. <laughs> then you're
2: talking about you're talking about closed companies. First, Microsoft,
0: Which enemy do I want? I'm trying to pick them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> They're lighting up. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, well,
0: did, such an incredible bonehead mistake that uh, they didn't even have to reverse engineer uh, uh, this. They didn't have to try and brute force the keys or anything like that. Uh, they just literally worked it out. And then once they'd got that, uh, they were able to break down various other... the The, the, the PS3 security all... Hinged on that one factor. Like, once you've broken one part of the system, then you can provide input to the next stage, which is, um, you know, uh, looks exactly the same as it's from Sony, and therefore the security all the way down the line falls apart. They've managed to replace GameOS, which is the the um, obviously the the operating system that's used for, for driving games and has more access to the system, and they've replaced that with their own operating system that they've called as Bestos, um, and that then allows the installation of things like Linux, etc. on the computer, and will eventually allow um, full access to the hardware.
1: This is course, actually one in a long line of programming fails from Sony's hardware. I remember when I was mucking around with doing homebrew on the psp you, there were so many little weird code mistakes that they kept finding here and there and everywhere and i keep wondering if half of the time despite sony's huff and guff about making sure that their hardware is uh, is very very much controlled that the programmers are actually going i ah, are just not going to pay attention to that <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe they'll find this eventually <laughs> well they did it's,
2: the funny thing is though that uh, um, um uh, the idea is now that it can't be fixed right that it's 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 this is this is the done deal they can't fix this without issuing new hardware and uh but but you know sony appears to be a little bit oblivious <laughs> because uh, it's probably just a random pr statement so i don't you know i don't don't Put too much value in it, but they said, oh, we'll just issue a network update and we'll get it fixed. No problem. Basically, no problem. All is well on the Western front. You know, it's just we're just. Uh, I, I love the comment by the way that some someone left where he basically paraphrased the Iraqi uh, uh, information, uh, information minister, minister. <laughs> like they are not in Baghdad, know that sort of thing. That was. Uh, <laughs> that-
1: that's well, that's basically- it depends on where where this master key is actually encoded. If they actually have the ability to flash the firmware without having no, with and replace that key with something new. They, they can't.
0: Actually- it's burned into the hardware. It's it's fundamental to everything. The thing is, is that now <sighs> that the, the hackers have got hold of this key, anything they write can be signed, such as that it's indistinguishable from anything that Sony writes. So if any yeah, if, if Sony they- publish any <laughs> firmware um, that tries to prevent anything that the hackers can now write software that is indistinguishable to the console than it is from sony so they can only put up barriers which any hacker could get over within one or two hours they cannot put up any barrier which is insurpassable now
2: and if they were to replace the the master key which is probably possible with a network update then all the older games all the stuff that's been developed for the playstation 2 would simply stop working because the code because the master key has changed so it's they can't fix this other than releasing a new console, which they're not planning on doing for at well, least four years. Not necessarily a console. So.
0: One, one possibility is they could release new hardware, which contains a, um, a a checksum list in it of all the games that have been released uh, prior, which it's allowed to run. You could technically do that, but again, it's, it's the issue that... Um, uh, again, if it's if it, it's just a checksum list, then hackers could find a, a way to get in there and, and put their own checksums in, or, or break down that barrier or anything like that. Um, it, Sony are in a real sort of mess here now. Yep.
1: What, then, what does Sony get out of this? Now, what do get out just, of it is I I just don't understand why why Sony seems to be so insistent on defeating all of these other measures. What do they get out of it? No, no one's writing viruses for PS3s. No, what it's about just, piracy.
2: It's all about uh, piracy. They need to be able to tell their the game publishers our system is safe from piracy. And up until a couple of weeks ago, they could say that. They could say the PlayStation Three is completely free of piracy, which it was because you couldn't run. Yeah, since
0: two thousand and six, it hasn't been properly cracked. But twelve months after they removed the of OS function in the PS Three Slim, then it was cracked. So uh, you know they they have brought this upon themselves. Yep,
2: definitely. Now they didn't. They didn't just remove the other OS feature from new hardware, as in they left it out. No. They also removed it from existing consoles. Which is completely illegal in Europe. Yeah, that was the issue. If they had just released a Slim and said, "Look, it doesn't have that feature," okay. I mean, it sucks, but that's you know, fine. it's new yeah. hardware. That's fine. That's acceptable. But they really started. They really started to piss off all these guys, these hackers, as soon as they started mucking with established functionality. You don't do that. That's one of the most stupid things you can do. Is to take. Is, is to, give a hacker a system I uh, market it as, look, you can run um, um, it's exotic hardware and you can run Linux on it. I mean, it's, for a lot of people, it, it might be a small group, but it is a group of really smart people. So you don't want to mess with those guys.
0: Yeah. A- and they're, not interested, the in no, um, they're not, for,
2: not interested in piracy. No, they're clearly not
0: interested in piracy. I mean,
2: other people will be, trust me. Uh, someone oh yeah. else, other than the hackers you're currently reading about who are doing the real trench work, they're not interested in hacking. But there will be someone else who will take what they've done, their work, and they will... Yeah. Pirates are not into...
0: that smart. Um, no. the, the, the hackers are doing this, have explicitly said that they have no interest in, in, in uh, uh, piracy. They only did this because Sony removed other OS from them. The, the PS3 was not hacked for such a long time because you could already run Linux on it, and that was all they were interested in doing, is being able to run their own code on the hardware that they own. And Sony yeah. removed that from them.
2: Yeah, so now they've... Um, um, uh, and now those hackers, of course, were pissed off, so they... Uh, tr- they basically announced right from the start we're going to give you guys other OS back. That's what they said, we're going to give it back to you. But by giving that back, they automatically also open the gates for someone else, less smart, who can do the actual hacking to do a little bit of work and enable piracy. They it's-
0: haven't released or they haven't bothered to go after the game signing codes. So there's a lot uh. of um, uh, keys in the, uh, in, in the PS3. There is a per console key which hasn't yet been broken. You've got the master key which basically handles all the bootloading stuff so that, that, that you, know, um, you can change the firmware. But also you have um, keys that are used for the signing of games and uh, they're there and they haven't bothered have cracked them. But basically, in their code, they, they they describe the whole process of how about they got the master key and that someone could eventually, I think, um, break the, the game signing key and, and, yeah, and, uh, and obviously open the door to piracy.
2: Yeah. So it's basically Sony's own fault. If they had just left other OS in on existing consoles, nobody would have... It, it, would, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened, at least not this quick.
0: Not so this severe, it, because, I mean, there was this... Um, What's it called? PS Jailbreak thing? A USB which uses a which uses a, a fault in the USB stack on on the PS3 to allow piracy. But again, that could, I think was solved with a firmware update, and wasn't a complete you know com- complete break of the system. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else to say? Sony suck. <laughs>
2: well for this one yeah they definitely do it's kind of fun though I'm looking at a Playstation 3 now I borrowed it from someone who's uh, on a a working vacation in the Alps so he's gone for like 4 to 5 months and uh, I'm borrowing his Playstation 3 and right around the time that I picked that thing up and put it down here in my own own home I heard about the hack so that was (laughs) kind of fun I'm not going to do it of course it's not my machine obviously but it still is kind of funny (laughs) that's yeah I don't really have a whole lot to add there at this point
0: i would have to wait for more to come out. Uh-huh.
2: That's about it, really. I think we've... I don't know what else we could say, what we could talk about. I think we've pretty much covered the most interesting things. Oh, yeah, I do have to say um, the Mac App Store is an ugly piece of crap. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I'm going to remove it. I, I was about to do some cleanup on my, uh, on my MacBook Air, and I also wanted to remove iTunes because I don't use it, and I hate it with a passion. So I started looking at, you know, I knew that it wasn't as easy as just, you know, dragging iTunes to the trash because that's, you know, that's a myth, of course, that you can uninstall an application by moving it to the trash because it leaves a whole boatload of crap behind. And I figured iTunes would leave a lot behind. Um, and basically, I found a document on, uh, on Apple's support site that details how to completely remove iTunes from Mac OS X. And does anybody want to take a guess at how many steps <laughs> it requires to re- completely remove a music player from um, but it Mac OS takes-
0: X? Twenty-six steps yeah. to file a bug with Microsoft. So is any worse than that?
2: Yeah, it's twenty-nine uh, steps. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh
2: jeez. Okay, so it's uh, you need. What you need to do is you need to drag iTunes to the trash. Then you need to go. You need to open Activity Monitor. You need to close the iTunes helper, the process. Several yeah. pro, several processes. Then you need to go to Accounts to make sure it doesn't start again. Then you, to, uh, uh, then you need to go to system library extensions. They need to go to library receipts. They need to go. Oh, it's a total mess. So I figured. Well, I mean, I, I I've never bought AppZapper, but you can do five um, uninstalls with AppZapper before you need to buy it. So I figured. Well, let's just use that. But that only deletes a very small portion of all the files that Apple is describing in its um, in that um, 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 support document. And just for fun, I went to the Microsoft website to find out. I already knew it, but I just wanted to see how easy it is to remove Windows Media Player from um, Windows 7. <laughs> and it's extremely easy because all you need to go is to uh, add remove Windows features and, um, and uh, remove a check mark and press OK. It's like 30 seconds of work. So it's it's uh, this is one of those things that, I've,
1: that I... Mean, that I'm I I'm not that a Mac user, but I was astonished how ugly the App Store was. I mean, yeah. yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really ugly, I know. Like, but the what thing did is you that, do to the title bar?
2: Yeah, it's oh, so fat. God. It's like it's like it's an American title oh. bar now, no offense. It's just so incredibly fat. It's really weird. But you know, it's this is kind of a common issue with Mac Mac MacOS Send works really well if you follow the paths, the the use case is set out by Cupertino. But as soon as you want to do something, that is slightly off the beaten track, then you're in trouble, and you're going to have to do really crazy things. Whereas the the advantage of having something like Windows, where you have so many users that even if you're a fringe case, even if you have a fringe use case, there will inevitably inevitably be thousands of others who have that same fringe use case. So, and, and on Linux, of course, I mean everything is, is possible, so that's that doesn't really come into play. But it's this is one of the reasons why I, why Microsoft often feels so restrictive because. I just want—I just want to remove a music player. That's all. I just want to have it gone. It's—I only this machine only has the, the 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 small SSD, which is 64 gigabytes. So I just want to have as much stuff removed as possible, just in case I, I ever run into the 64 limit. So I want to remove iTunes because it's a music player that takes up like 200 megabytes. I mean, it's 200 megabytes, and I don't use iTunes. I hate it. I don't listen to music on this thing. Just get it out of my system. Get it out of the system. But it takes 29 steps, and I'm, I've been looking at that tab for two days now. And I'm just ah, <laughs> oh, it's so boring. I don't want to do it, but I have to. <laughs> it just <laughs> boggles the mind how you can mess something up so badly. But that's just you know.
0: <laughs> no, it's commercial remit. There, Apple have, are varnishing themselves into a corner with iTunes, and in that, 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 that everything has to go through damn iTunes, and and that when really. They should be innovating a lot more outside of this. Um,
2: uh, it surprises like, me though that the Mac App Store isn't part of iTunes. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that would be awesome. That probably explains why it's so ugly. But no, that uh, that would have been uh, that that's probably would have made more sense. It
0: from, is the same technology. The, the the Mac App Store is basically the same thing as as what how you view the app uh, the the iTunes Store inside iTunes. It's a WebKit view connecting to yeah. an Apple server. It's
2: yeah, I just opened the App Store. It's so ugly. You can do that too right now. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. It's fun, fun, so, fun.
2: It's just so ugly. I, um, but this,
0: no, is, but after, this is what's going to become normal. Digital distribution is is basically it and yeah, that's um, fine. every that's operating fine, system but, is going to have one of these things.
2: Yeah, but not like don't make it look like this, please. <laughs> it's I mean, it's 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 it's, it's I just don't understand. I mean, I, I, uh, a couple of comments on OS News on the article that I wrote explained that to do this, to make it look like this with the off-center title, uh, uh, the weird combination what they're doing in, in the UI on the top, you have to actually work. You have yeah, to explicitly you, you can't do, do this. this. You can't do this by accident. You can't by accident come up with icons that d- don't look like anything else. You can't um, make this uh, search field. Uh, unique. It's always the same everywhere on the operating system. Every text input field is exactly the same. You can't just do... This takes actual work. You have to sit down and code to make it look like this. This is not an accident. This is not done because... um, Oh, wow, look at uh, this. This this is not a rush job, right? This is... Watch this. This is
0: very telling. If you click on the updates button, and it it just tells me all apps are up to date. Look at the bottom of the page. It says copyright 2011 iTunes all rights reserved. It is. This is the iTunes Store. It's going to just a different hmm? web page on is the it? iTunes Store.
2: It, to me, it, it, here it says Apple Inc.
0: Is right. it really, mine says iTunes Store. <laughs> I Don't know why. Okay. Maybe oh, no, I know I'm in why. I know, no,
2: I know why. I know why. I switched um, the uh, country setting to um, the United States ah. because I, uh, otherwise the App Store would inexplicably be Dutch, and all my software is in English. And I uh, is in English because I hate Dutch on computers. So I had I explicitly switched it to um to to America because at least I get the English App Store. So that's probably why I get you know Apple Inc. and You get iTunes SRL. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. It's
0: still it's the same infrastructure on 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 the back basically. So fun.
2: Anyway, <laughs> no, well, let's, let's see what happens if I switch back to Dutch real quick. Where is it? The Netherlands. The Netherlands. The Netherlands.
0: It'll have what? to be because iTunes is is the Euro- European arm for legal reasons, the registration in in Europe.
2: Updates. There we go. Yeah, I think, yeah, iTunes. Oh, it's Italian, isn't it? S A R. I believe that's Italian, if I'm not mistaken. That's an Italian legal designation. I'm not sure, though.
0: I'm sure it's for tax reasons, whatever it is. Yeah,
2: Yeah, of course it is for tax reasons. That's obvious. Okay, well, that was all I wanted to say. (laughs) Rant over? Yeah, pretty much.
0: Okay. And so, I think we can wrap it up there. Mm-hmm. thank you very much uh, uh, thank you very much Tom and uh, Tess for your time um, everybody if you'd like to leave any comments please you can do so on the website osnews.com when this uh, podcast is published you can email us at uh, crew at osnews.com also with any of your thoughts and uh, that's about all that there, that's there is to say thank you very much uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, next time Yep. bye bye everyone yep. bye bye